Blog Talk Radio. It's the episode of The Roman Show for the week of October 30th, 2017. And we're excited as we're about to celebrate Halloween. And on this episode, we welcome, you saw him, Dana White's Contender Series. I'm talking about none other than John Castaneda, who will be part of Copa Combate next month. He joins us right here on The Roman Show to talk about being part of the tournament. This plus a whole lot more coming up next. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. Blind, Econ. We're going, Blind. GNC, we're going. Down here, go. Control, go. Go, go. FAO. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Welcome everyone, it's another episode of The Roman Show, once again for the week of October 30th, it's Halloween, and on uh, the other end, my good man here, the co-host, George Alonzo, the dashing one, and what are you sipping on today to celebrate Halloween, sir? In loving, you know, dedication to Halloween, I'm drinking a pumpkin spice margarita. Nice, and I'm having the pumpkin spice Starbucks. You can't go wrong with that. What are you dressing up uh, for Halloween, by the way? Why would I cover my beautiful face? Why? That, that's one of the dumbest... Listen, people are dressing up like me, so why should I be dressing up as anyone else? I'm dashing. Look at me. I'm not covering my face. The figures, you dress, your, you dress up all year long. All right, George, well, let's talk about pro wrestling coming up next. I want to get some quick announcements out of the way. This weekend, George... It's 80s Rock Fest. You like uh, any of the 80s rock bands? Yeah, pretty much. The, it's, uh, that's when I actually enjoyed starting to listen to rock, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, so basically, yeah, I, I'm a big fan. Well, Sebastian Bach is going to be there. Joan Jett. Uh, got so many bands. Cheap Tricks. And it all goes down this weekend, November 4th and 5th at C.B. Smith Park in Pembroke Pines. Tickets are on sale right now. You can visit theromanshow.com for information or visit rockfest80s.com to get tickets for the two-day festival. They're going to feature some great, awesome bands this whole weekend. You don't want to miss out on that. That's Rockfest, um, 80s Rockfest, taking place this weekend. Make sure you're there and you get your tickets. But, you know, this weekend, George... And I'll be honest with you, 
I was a little emotional, man. As you know, Chester Bennington, the singer of Linkin Park, uh, passed away not too long ago uh, with an unfortunate suicide. And Linkin Park came back for the first time to perform without the main man, without Chester Benningfield. And a whole bunch of rock artists, uh, singers, and even pop singers came out and sang Chester's songs. Um, you had guys, uh, M. Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold, uh, Oli Sykes from Remember the Horizon, uh, and so many others. Heck, even Alanis Morissette was there. But George, I have to tell you, man, it was one of the most emotional nights that I could ever have uh, imagined for uh, a fan of music. And, and not only just rock, because you had people like Steve Aoki, who is a, an electronic DJ. You know, you had, like I said, Alanis Morissette. Uh, so many that came out, but just a beautiful, beautiful rendition tribute to the late Chester Bennington. If you haven't had the chance to see it, head on over to YouTube, the streaming it live. It was about almost three hours. They perform a whole lot of Linkin Park songs. Make sure you catch it on YouTube, and trust me, you will enjoy it. Okay, let's talk some pro wrestling coming up next on Reality Check. And now, it's time to give you a Reality Check. Well, George, there's lots to talk about. Survivor Series is around the corner. It was announced on Monday Night Raw that Shane McMahon, oh, Kurt Angle will be the team captain, uh, and then Shane McMahon will be on the other end for Team SmackDown. Now, do you think that they was just lacking a little bit of star power? That's had to bring in Kurt Angle for action, and then Shane McMahon on the other end? No, I don't think it's about the lack of star power. I think it's actually a very good story going into it. And as a matter of fact, if you think long term. It even builds a story for Kurt long term. We saw it all happen on Monday Night Raw when Stephanie even threatened him about, hey, you know, might as well maybe even find another a new general manager. So long term, I feel like this is an actual good thing for for Kurt and for what's to come with the Raw brand. And uh, as far as them both uh, being the team leaders per se of their each brand, if you could recall correctly. Uh, King of the Ring, where Kurt Angle faced Shane McMahon, it was by far one of the best matches of that night. So, what's going to happen when they both meet so many years later? So, I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm excited too, and it brings in some uh, something something new to the Survivor Series, and it actually makes it me- very meaningful when you have the Team SmackDown and the Team Raw going at it. And that invasion that they did last week was just really cool. I haven't seen an invasion like that since since Nexus, remember that? As a matter of fact, uh, to be honest with you, one of my favorite invasions until this day was the NWO when they attacked everyone backstage and even threw Rey Mysterio against the trailer. That was my favorite one. But this was actually very fun to watch. It was very entertaining. They actually uh, looked like a bunch of rebels. It almost made me look feel like we were watching The Purge just without murders. You know, it's like... It was pretty cool of how they built it, and on top of that, followed up with it on SmackDown. Now, I feel like they should have done something on that SmackDown already and kind of came with a comeback. Maybe Kurt Angle, Stephanie showing up on that one, and they didn't even show up. No one did from Raw, but, uh, you know, the story continues, and I feel like it's it, we're in for a good ride. Yeah, and I'm really liking it. All right, speaking in for a ride, 
Well, it, it's not looking good right now because Emma was released, Derek Young and Summer Rae, all three of these um, talents were released from the WWE. Nia Jax, we had heard, had left or requested to leave, but we saw that she returned on Monday Night Raw. But Emma, Derek Young, Summer Rae are no longer employed by the WWE. And one guy that he just should have kept his mouth shut, Leo Rush, he went on Twitter and said, these are the things that happened when you're not truly ready for Asuka, is what he tweeted. He's been getting a lot of heat for saying that comment, for basically laughing at Emma's release. Now, out of all the three, not to take anything away from Derek Young and Summer Rae, but Emma is a great talent. She's beautiful, but at the same time, she's a really good, talented pro wrestler, George. And to let go of this girl, for whatever reason, I mean, let's, let's just go and say and hope that she asked for the release. But this definitely leaves a dent into the women's roster on Monday Night Raw. Uh, when it comes to, of course, Emma, uh, like, to be honest with you, she's one of the most talented people that they had back there and one of the most hardworking. Uh, she's been with the WWE for many years. As a matter of fact, when she was let go, she tweeted a uh, emoji of a broken heart. And I could feel for her. And a lot of people felt bad for such a girl. But at the same time, just as many people that felt bad for her, uh, many people within the business stood up for her and said she will do just fine. Now the chains are off. Now we get to see who Emma really is. So I, I'm, I've never considered, you know, leaving the WWE a bad thing. Yes, it's your ultimate dream. It's, it's where you want to be. It's where you want to make a living for yourself, etc. I could understand that. But sometimes when you're there, you lose what you really, uh, you know, care about, and that's the love of the business. And so many people have left and came back stronger. Look at Drew McIntyre, for instance. Uh, he left for a little while. He grew back stronger, and now he's the NXT champion, uh, to give you an example of that. So many people said that they have rejuvenized their love for pro wrestling ever since they've left the WWE. Maybe this is not the last time we ever see Emma on WWE television. Uh, maybe give it just a couple of years or a couple of months, and may, maybe we see her back on TV again. You're right about that. A lot of the guys that have released or, 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 or they asked for their release do very well in the Indies. But you know what? I want to go ahead and say that Emma is potentially the perhaps one of the biggest women's uh, wrestler, name-wise, to have been released for the WWE. And we haven't seen the same success. And again, you could quote me wrong. The same success on the women's side in the indie scene as you have seen it in the male side in the indie scene. I, I think I pretty much hit, hit the nail on the coffin of that one. Yeah, you did. But again, like what I was saying is that no matter what, male, female, uh, you know, manager, referee, you still have a possible chance to rejuvenize your career on the indie scene. So, or even in ROH, or even in Japan, or even in Australia. No matter what happens to Emma, I feel like she's going to be very well taken care of. She knows her value. She knows, she's an amazing talent, and she's a hard worker. So just all I'm saying is, yes, I understand you are appalled by the fact that the WWE let her go, but also... Uh, you know, understand the fact that maybe this is her chance to rejuvenize her and her career. Well, let's wait and see what happens with Emma and the rest of the crew like Derek King. You know, Derek Young is another guy that he, he's a very talented athlete, and I think he could do pretty well in the indie scene. 
Yeah, Darren Young is uh, by all means a great asset. As a matter of fact, I saw Kenny Omega uh, or the Young Bucks, I don't know which one of the two, already teasing a rainbow color Bullet Club shirt for him. <laughs> so, by, uh, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, Darren Young has the look for it. And on top of that, he, he's a great ambassador. I was kind of surprised more about Darren Young being released than Emma because I remember Darren Young was as actually publicized by the WWE by being the first guy to ever come out, you know, out of his, you know, comfort zone to say, hey, I'm gay. So when that happened, I thought, hey, WWE might use him as an ambassador. Perfect reason to keep him on board. But no, they released him. And, and to be honest with you, I'm more shocked about that than I am about Emma. And I'm sure he will, but that, that'd, be pretty, that'd be pretty cool to have the, 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 the rainbow flag build the club. That'd be pretty neat. All right, moving forward, what, these two guys uh, have not met in uh, the ring, but they've been going at it on Twitter. I'm talking about Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. They've been going at it toe-to-toe, saying that Kenny Omega has, has six-star matches, uh, you know, something that Jericho hasn't done in quite some time in WrestleMania. But then Jericho went and tweeted, well, you know, Yes, you are having six-star matches, but guess what? Nobody's watching you. And I think we had, well, you and I had a conversation that the one benefiting from this, and not to take anything away from Kenny Omega, he's a great talent, but truth of the matter is, George, Kenny Omega is piggybacking off the popularity of Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is at another level. Yes, Chris Jericho is a legend. Chris Jericho is an icon. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, he always calls himself the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And Jericho has proved it. As a matter of fact, Jericho has never had an issue when it comes to saying what he really wants to say. He's never bit his tongue, not in WCW when he called out Goldberg and not in WWE and not even when he's doing his own rock band. So here's the thing. You have to look at what each other have done in this business. Obviously, Jericho has done a lot for this business. Not saying that Kenny Omega hasn't. I'm just saying Jericho is beyond the point of where Kenny Omega is now. Kenny Omega is going in the same footsteps of Jericho. He's not far behind. But don't say that Kenny Omega is bigger than Jericho when Kenny is behind him. That's just not possible. Yeah, and by all means, you know, Jericho will always be known as the greatest of all time, one of the icons in this business. Uh, and, and on top of that, the guy has sold out arenas. He's gone internationally. He does a, a rock band. He, he sold T-shirts. He's worked for all the major companies. What more can you ask for? Dancing with the stars. Dancing with the stars, yeah. So what else can you ask for? What else can you possibly ask for when it comes to comparison with Jericho and, and Kenny? Again, I'm not saying that Kenny is not the man, nor is he great. I'm just saying right now, he's a little far behind when it comes to Jericho. But speaking of which, you could actually see Kenny Omega in action November 11th at the War Memorial Auditorium in Fort Lauderdale as Ring of Honor will return to Fort Lauderdale next month, November 11th, the day after Veterans Day. Kenny Omega will appear here in South Florida, which, mind you, I don't recall if Kenny Omega has made an appearance here in Fort Lauderdale, or, or, or in South Florida, for that matter. I can recall when he has, to be honest with you, so you got me there. Yeah, so either way, get yourself the tickets and head on over to Ring of Honor and watch Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and all the great talent of Ring of Honor. All right, now we're going to switch gears, and we are going to welcome John Castaneda. You saw this minor Dana White's um, competition that he had on UFC Fight Pass, but now this man 
is going to be part of Copa Combate. This is a tournament, a mixed martial arts tournament. It's going to be featuring several fighters representing their country, and they're all going to be fighting for a hundred grand. So, George, you can fight about three times in one night. That's right, three times in one night. Can you imagine if you have a, a, a full-blown three-round fight at five minutes apiece? That's 50 minutes that you fought. Then you have to wait maybe about 30 minutes or so to get ready for another fight. And then, God forbid, that fight goes another 50 minutes. Then you got the main event, right, which is the, the final uh, tournament, the, the, the tournament final, for another 15 or 25 minutes, whatever they decide to make it, make it happen. But that, that is just insane to be part of a, of a tournament. Now, they had this way back when, back in, uh, in Japan, the Pride time. They, they had some UFC tournaments. The UFC had a, a tournament way back when. You know, when the guys like the Shamrocks used to be a part of it, the Hoist Gracies used to be a part of it, uh, the Dan Severns were part of uh, tournaments. So this is very exciting. Copa Combate is going to air on Telemundo. Make sure that you tune in November 11th at 11.30 p.m., 8.30 p.m. Pacific Time, live from Cancun, Mexico. So coming up next, next John Castaneda joins us right here on the Roman Show to talk about him joining and being part of this great tournament where $100,000 is on the line. Coming up next, John Sexy Mexi Castaneda. Welcome back, everyone, to the Roman Show. Uh, on the line, we have this man who has been killing it in Combate America. He's the all-time uh, winning fighter in Combate America, and now he will compete in the upcoming Combate Copa Combate tournament, which takes place November 11th for a hundred thousand dollars. November 11th, airing on Telemundo. John Castaneda joins us right now. You also saw him recently on uh, Dana White's Contender Series. John, thanks so much for taking your time and speaking to us about the upcoming tournament. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Thanks, man. So, so John, how does it feel to be part of this tournament? When you think about this, you have you know, eight other guys that are going to be part of this tournament. You're going to be fighting more than once. How do you go into a tournament? How do you prepare physically and mentally knowing that you're going to be fighting more than once in a night? Oh, man, it, it's it's very, uh, very humbling, you know, the experience itself. Being able to represent a country and uh, going up against other guys representing their countries as well, you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, in, in terms of fighting eight times in one night, you know, I've never been a part of anything like that, so... Um, my training regimens don't really change much. Um, I've noticed that, you know, I've, I'm very experienced. I've had 32 fights, including amateur and pro. Um, I've noticed that you have a fight, and the second the fight is over with, you know, you basically need 10, 15 minutes to recover, and, you know, you get your win back. Um, everything, you know, all the injuries start to play them play themselves out after the adrenaline wears off, you know, like, oh, you know, I got a hurt skin, I got this bruising over here, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's just going to be interesting, man. Like, that stuff is going to be inevitable, you know, regardless of whether you get hurt in between fights or not. You're just going to have to fight through it. Um, 
they're obviously short term short term injuries. Um, hopefully, anyways. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you like I said, you're recovered onto the next one at that. So um, training wise, everything is is the same for me. Uh, just training, trying to trying to have my hard rounds in a sense like that. Um, so going hard. Um, coming back 15 minutes later, getting another you know hour push workout in. Coming back another 15 minutes later, getting another hour, you know, stuff like that. So just trying to, I guess, simulate um, what the potential tournament would feel like. Um, and everything is going great, man. Otherwise, you know, still doing the same old, same old, training hard and um, training long. So. So when you go after your first fight, do you go to the locker room and possibly get you know stretching and a little massage, preparing you for the next fight? You know what? I I don't have practice. That's a good idea, but <laughs> I don't. They haven't really explained the process to us. You know. I'm, from what I understand, I don't even know right now if, if the first, because uh, you know how it's three fights, you got to win three fights to win it all. Right. I don't even, I don't know if the two fights, the first two fights will even be five, or I'm sorry, yeah, five minute rounds. I heard a rumor that they might be three, three minute rounds, which, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that yet, but if it is true, um, it's going to be a quick fight. You know, you got to, nine minutes is a lot different than 15, so... Hmm. Um, it's just going to be very different, very um, hard getting used to. But I'm a very adaptable fighter, uh, not only against styles against my opponents, but just you know anything that comes at me in the cage or stylistically and uh, time-wise, I'm, I'm I'm ready to adapt. So I'm I'm excited. Now going into this, you knowing that a hundred thousand dollars is at stake. I mean, uh, have you already thought about what would you do with a hundred grand? Um, yeah. So obviously, a hundred grand is a lot of money. Um, that's not the reason I'm doing this. You know, I, I would I, could, I would fight for for peanuts if I could. I, I I love this sport. I love training. Love waking up every morning, going to practice. Um, this is my passion. This is my dream, and I'm living it out. Um, yes, does a hundred grand, you know, catch my attention? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think that if I do win it, though, um, I'm going to pay off my student loans, uh, be debt free. Uh, I have two siblings. I have a brother and a sister. My sister is actually graduating school this upcoming semester as well. So, honestly, I would love, absolutely love to pay off my student loans, pay off her student loans, and then the rest of it um, give to my mom to save up for my little brother's college fund when he's older. Uh, he just turned 13 yesterday, so, you know, he's got a couple of years left, but, you know, I know that that would be helpful. Uh, that would help out my family a lot, and, um, you know, I'm always looking out for my family regardless. And like I said, I'm not doing this for for the money, for the big paychecks. I just love what I do. And if I can help out my family in any way, Man, you got a great heart there. Now, looking at some of the uh, potential opponents that you may be facing uh, in this tournament, what are your thoughts? You got a long list of names here, and they're all representing their country. Not only do you got the hundred grand on the line, but you got that that reputation, you know, of fighting, representing your country, which uh, it, it's it's also very meaningful and very important. Right, right. Um, yeah, man. Uh, like you said, there's eight different fighters, um, eight different styles, really. Um, I know there's some tough guys on the list. Um, basically, what I'm doing, and I'm not going to give details, but I will tell you this: that I've looked through all fighters, all eight fighters, and I've uh, I've assessed two of them, and how I like to call them is like my biggest threats in the tournament. Um, I assess both. I assess both of these guys, and I am making my camp. I have been making my camp, and I'll finish my camp, um, kind of going around their styles, if that makes sense. You know, when you have a big fight usually you have 8 to 12 weeks to prepare for a certain guy, you know, a certain style. 
this is eight different guys. Um, it's it's nearly impossible to be able to prepare for for eight different styles. So you choose two of them, um, prepare for their styles, and then the rest of it will kind of just fall into place. You know, if it if it just so happens that I fight one of these guys, then hey, I'm prepared for it. And if I fight somebody else, then like I said, I'm I've been training for every single every single style. Um, I'm an adaptable fighter, so I'm not too worried about it. You know. So now you've been part of Combate Americas, uh, you have the most wins in that company and then you went on to Dana White's Contender Series, you were very well performed. Uh, what, what was your experience out there? What did you gain? Um, to be able to, to perform under such big pressure, you know, it's uh, the Contender Series was, um, was definitely a learning experience for me. There's no crowd, it's just friends and family. And then it's in, front, it's in front of the pioneer of mixed martial arts, you know, Dana White himself. Um, there's some big names in the crowd, big uh, superstar fighters. You know, there's just a lot of pressure. And uh, I guess that's kind of what I learned from it is just to be able to adapt and to perform under pressure, which I've always thought I've been good at. But, you know, it's it was a totally different experience for me. Um, fighting a high-level fighter, you know, from a really good camp who was undefeated, that was also a learning experience for me. Now, now, going into uh, this great tournament, Copa Combate, taking place in Mexico. Now, we found that it's going to be airing in Telemundo, which is a very, very viewed uh, network, huge. Tell me about those thoughts, because you were here in Miami, Florida for the press conference uh, last week. Yes, sir. So, uh, obviously, that is a big, uh, a big floor, a big showcase. Um, you know, Telemundo is a big, um, I guess, one of the most popular in Latin American where you watch sports, uh, the news, you know, anything else. So it's it's no different for me, though. It's not going to put any added pressure on me. Um, you know, knowing that thousands of people are watching this, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to, um, you know, trick me into doing anything that I wouldn't normally do by any means. Um, I'm just myself, and I'm here to ready to win Copa Copa. Well, it, it, it is an honor, though. You know, it, uh, what I can say about it is that Copa America is making in the MMA world. Um, you know, just over, just a little bit over two years ago, I was fighting on their very first show, which was in a parking lot in Las Vegas, downtown Las Vegas, you know, at the D Hotel. Yep. Um, can you imagine, like, two years later being on the biggest sports network in all Latin America? You know, it's pretty cool. They've been on UFC Fight Pass as well. Um, you know, and I, I, I heard rumors say that they're also signing a deal not only with Telemundo, but another huge, huge um, television company um, in English. So I can't, I'm not allowed to give sure. details because I don't even know myself if it's true, but I guess we'll just, we'll hear in the next coming weeks whether it's true or not. Well, we hope and, uh, you know, Combate America is definitely making big strength. Just wish it would get some more exposure from what it is, you know. Some people, especially in the media world, they're not giving it that limelight that it deserves. I mean, you guys are paying, paying your dues. You got great fighters, great fights. You can't go wrong and I'm sure now that more people will be allowed uh, or have that opportunity to see, especially those in the Hispanic crowd uh, because of Telemundo. So, John, I want to thank you so very much for your time, and I want to wish you good luck in this tournament. I'm telling you, take my advice. Have a massage therapist in between the fights. You'll thank me later, That's not man. a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thanks, John. Good luck, all right? All right. Thank Thanks, you. Take man. care. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, Welcome to 
the showdown. All right, George, you heard it from Castaneda, who will be part of that great tournament of Copa Combate November 11th. Make sure you watch it on Telemundo Deportes. All right, this past weekend, we saw Leota Machida lose against Derek Brunson. Leota Machida, a former champion. George, you know, he fought in his home country, his home crowd. He didn't do too well. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the, the, the Dragon's career has come to an end. I think he pretty much just wrap it up for Leona Machida. He just never evolved to what the fighters are now. You know, that whole style that he had with the karate and not knowing where he's going to kick you and punch you is over. That's it. You know, people have figured him out. I think it's time that he calls it and uh, you know, sit back, relax, and become a trainer uh, or join the UFC, an ambassador in Brazil. You said it right, uh, that he hasn't evolved. And I've said it countless times here on the show. The, the UFC fighting, the UFC roster, it, it doesn't just stay in one style. It keeps evolving. And the young lions that keep on joining the roster get more and more dangerous by passing day. Uh, Conor McGregor is one of the new evolving stars in the, the UFC, for instance. And he's one of the most dangerous fighters to ever step in that thing, for Christ's sake. And they're just going to keep on getting more and more dangerous. So yes, if this is the time where Mashida, because he never evolved, uh, uh, if his time has come, his time has come. But no one will ever forget the path that he's laid for all the UFC fighters and MMA fighters who are currently fighting this day. Uh, speaking of which, speaking about young fighters, you can check out some of the up-and-coming fighters at Titan FC 46, November 17th and the Pembroke Pines City Center, and it will air live on UFC Fight Pass. The main event is Jose Shorty Torres putting up his Bantamweight Championship title against Gleason De Jesus. Gleason De Jesus will actually be joining us here on the Roman Show in the coming weeks to talk about his title shot against Jose Shorty Torres. Shorty Torres is just a matter of days to this guy's in the UFC. So make sure you get a really, really good close-up of him in Pembroke Pines when Titan FC 46 takes place. Get your tickets right now on sale, Ticketmaster.com. Colby Covington defeated Damian Maya, one of the best jiu-jitsu experts, artists in the UFC ever. You know, this, this guy is a badass when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Well, after he defeated him, Colby Covington went on and uh, essentially kind of uh, cut a promo, if you want to say, George. And he called all the Brazilians filthy animals, and that got a lot of heat. But the reason why he said that is because he said that when he came to Brazil, he had been mistreated. He was, th- he was being heckled and being thrown things at. So Colby Covington just, just hit it out of the park. You know, he said what he felt. And in fact, after that promo, they had to escort him with special security because they were just throwing things at him. I mean, this guy goes back to like those 80s uh, wrestlers when... Or heck, when the NWO, and when the NWO, remember when, when, when Hulk Hogan turned heel? Just like that. Everyone just throwing things inside the cage and as he was walking out. But there's more to it. Ricardo Laborio, one of the best coaches uh, right now in the mixed martial arts when it comes to jiu-jitsu, a co-founder of American Top Team, has now left ATT. And this is huge. This is the co-founder. This is, uh, met him many times, been on the program very well respected, and he is one guy that came out and said that he didn't agree with what Colby Cummington uh, said to the Brazilians. Now, I understand Colby Cummington is trying to sell the, the, the fight, trying to make, make a name for himself. He's trying to get a, a title shot against Tyron Woodley, 
However, it's just so weird that Kobe Covington, who is a part of ATT, Ricardo Laborio is was a part of ATT, and all of this is happening. Uh, I just hope that American Top Team isn't impacted by this. You know, they have some great talent. They have some great coaches. Laborio, however, uh, went to Orlando though, about a year or two years ago. He had uh, mentioned there on social media. And the owner of American Team, the other owner, Dan Lambert, who you have seen on Impact Wrestling, came out and said that Ricardo actually had left a while ago. This is nothing new that they had known already for quite some time. They just meant never made it uh, public. But how ironic it is that Laborio makes this public you know, the same weekend that Kobe Covington said this comment, calling out Brazilian filthy animals. So we'll see what inspires of that. Listen, everybody's trying to get a check just like, like Conor McGregor. It worked for him. I think everyone's trying to follow the footsteps. DSP, Georgia St. Pierre, makes his return to the Octagon against the champion of Michael Bisping this weekend on pay-per-view at Madison Square Garden. We don't know what GSP is in. We don't know what condition he, he what, what GSP we're going to get. Uh, this is a guy that hasn't fought for quite some time when he retired as a champion when he defeated Johnny Hendricks. You know, actually a very close and controversial fight. This is the first time we see him, and it's going to be in the mecca of Sports Arena, Madison Square Garden, MSG. So, George, going into this fight, we have two options here. Either we have a, a GSP that's fully healed, you know, he took some time, a couple of years, and his body is 110%, and he's just going to knock the hell out of Michael Bisping. Or we can get the GSP that we are accustomed to, and it's a guy that's going to wrestle, 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 and just went that way. I will tell you this, George. GSP is not going to stand and bang with Michael Bisping because GSP is a very smart fighter. He's been in the game for a long time, and he understands that Michael Bisping could knock out people. So I'm not expecting this. Wow factor. You know, I think that we're going to get the old GSP back. And it's just, mind you, it's great. But a lot of wrestling, a lot of takedowns, maybe one or two punches. But I think that's what we're going to get. And, 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 and GSP is going to win. Listen, as far as uh, this fight is concerned, I, like you, I'm not expecting no wow factor. I'm not expecting uh, to go hand-to-hand and fist-to-fist with in this fight. But I will tell you this. Just hearing the return of GSP will sell that pay-per-view. This is a return a lot of people have been waiting many, many years for to see. Uh, now, a lot of people are also worried about, hey, does GSP still have it? Uh, is GSP still, you know, in 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 touch with his MMA side? Because it's been a while since we've seen him in the UFC octagon. Well, again, that time will test. Uh, time will test him this coming Saturday. Now, a lot of people are also questioning if GSP loses. Is this the last time we see GSP? Is, could this be his last hurrah? Again, just the fact that this pay-per-view surrounding GSP and his return is selling the pay-per-view because everyone's answers, everyone's an, uh, question will be answered that day. So if I were you, I would tune in just like everyone else and, and watch the fight. It'll be entertaining. It'll be uh, fun to watch. And either way, it, something's going to happen. Something's going to give. And I, will, I do agree with you with that. You know, if GSP loses, what happens? <laughs> Does GSP just hang it up again? I mean, it'd be, honestly, it'd be pretty embarrassing for GSP to come in and get knocked out by Michael Bisping. I mean, why'd you even make the return? But I will tell you this. 
the main event, of course, is, is awesome. But the rest of the fight card is just as well. You have two other title fights, George, that are taking place on that same night. So you're going to get your money's worth. I will tell you that. So you got to check out this weekend's pay-per-view coming to you all the way from New York City at the Madison Square Garden, the mecca of sports. It is the place to be this weekend coming up next. UFC 217, Bisping versus Georgia St. Pierre. The co-main event, Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw for the bantamweight title. Joanna versus Rosa Rose Namajunas for the women's strawweight title, which I got my money on, JJ. And uh, Masvidal, George Masvidal versus Stefan Thompson. That's going to be a good fight. Johnny Hendricks, a guy that um, fought GSP uh, the last time. You know, he was the guy that, that the fight last time uh, against GSP, the legend, versus Paulo for um, Chincha. At, very Chincha, sorry, Chincha. And then you got Joseph Duffy versus James Vick in the preliminary card versus Mark Good- Godbeer and Walt versus Walt Harris. Walt Harris just recently competed um, in, uh, in Brazil uh, in a pay-per-view. And he will be making his return. And we also have Ian Kutelaba versus Michael Olekchuk. I hope I pronounced that right. And your boy Mickey Gall, who defeated CM Punk, will be taking on Randy Brown. And there's a whole lot more coming up on this fight card. Make sure you tune in. UFC 217 this weekend. Make sure you watch. All right, you want to go ahead and give us an opinion, shoot us an email, info at theromanshow.com. Subscribe to our YouTube account on our Roman Show, the Roman Show channel, our Roman Show 1. Visit our website, theromanshow.com, and on social media, at the Roman Show on Twitter, Roman Show Media on Instagram and Facebook. With that, we'll catch you next week right here on the Roman Show. If you haven't been on, you haven't heard. <laughs>